The sound of a child's feet pitter-pattering across the floor can bring so much joy to our hearts. But what about those times when that same sweet sound is accompanied by your child running a marker along the wall while he toddles away from you? I'm Charles Morris. This is the Great Stories Podcast. And today we're returning to a conversation that I had in 2014 with Gloria Furman. She's a writer, a blogger, a mom, a missionary. In fact, she was in Dubai with her family on assignment at the time we recorded this interview. In this conversation, Gloria talks about how busy moms can treasure Christ, even though their hands might be full. It's a wonderful, life-giving discussion filled with grace and hope for moms who don't often feel like they have the time or the energy to develop their own spiritual health and well-being. Well, as we approach Mother's Day this year, I hope it will encourage you, whether you're a mom yourself or you just happen to know a mom. So now from 2014, our conversation with Gloria Furman. Welcome to Haven Today, and we are going to the other side of the world on this week that ends in Mother's Day weekend. And with us on the program for the very first time is a pastor's wife, and her name is Gloria Furman. And Gloria, just we've never met other than on the phone, but I just want to say welcome to North America and Haven Today. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much. And you're, of course, from North America, but you were, I think, a Navy kid, so it's really hard for you to know where to call home, I think. That's right. That's right. Which is it's kind of convenient being that kind of a person here because nobody expects you to pinpoint exactly what state and city you're from when they ask you where you're from. So when I say, I'm from the U.S., they say, oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't have to explain any further. Sure, sure, I understand. And I gave it away a little bit. I said you're a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. How did you and your husband, Dave, meet back uh, in the U.S.? Yes. Um, well, uh, we both became Christians um, at the University of North Texas uh, when we were in college. And um, we met... That's in uh, Denton, north of, north of Dallas in Fort Worth. That's right. Uh, we met in an evangelism class at church. Um, my husband was doing a discipleship program um, in which part of the program was doing the evangelism class, and I was being discipled by one of the women who helps to uh, organize those classes, and so I was doing the class as well. And so we met and then saw each other weekly um, uh, for about six months or so, and then I started thinking, man, that guy's... Oh, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> I kind of I kind of dig him. And one thing led to another. Is, yes. Yeah, yes. something like that. And I might add that um uh you and your husband had classes at Dallas Seminary with a good friend of mine, the the longtime church history professor John Hanna. Mm-hmm. And uh and now you're a church planting family. Your husband's a pastor. Right. In of all places, uh you're in Dubai. Right. Right. It was um uh, a long time coming. Um, we've been preparing and praying and planning and plotting um, for years um, uh, since since before we got married. We both knew we wanted to go. We just didn't know where. Mm-hmm. And then when we got married, it was right. the question of, all right, now we're doing this together. Where are we going to go? And that um, this city and the strategic nature of church planting among internationals 
uh, all kind of came together while we were in seminary. And then um, we moved out here in 2008 in the middle of Ramadan, mm -hmm. uh, it's boiling hot, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, with, our, with one baby at the time. And we moved here, and then uh, two years later, Redeemer Church of Dubai was planted. Um, and so now Redeemer Church of Dubai just celebrated its fourth anniversary. And uh, several more churches um, have been planted through us, uh, being facilitated through us and other churches in the area. So it's, mm. Uh, mm. we like to continually remind ourselves and our people, this is not just about our church. We're here to see um, lots of churches planted. Well, that's a, that, that's a worthy goal and it's a worthy prayer. And most of us don't know where Dubai is, but if we were to mention the world's tallest building mm -hmm. is there most of us would have a picture come to our minds. Yeah, Dubai. yeah. Dubai is in the United Arab Emirates, which is on the Arabian Peninsula, mm -hmm. uh, nestled right up in there next to Saudi Arabia and Oman. And across the Gulf is Iran. And a lot of oil money there. Right. So, all right. Well, that's a great background. You have a book out called Treasuring Christ When Your Hands Are Full. Mm -hmm. We were praying at our office what could we do for Mother's Day week? Who could we find? What messages out of the scripture could come out of this? And, uh, well, you just rose to the top, so thank you for doing this. Let me just ask you, Gloria, mm -hmm. um, the subtitle, When Your Hands Are Full, mm -hmm. uh, you have a physically disabled husband. Mm -hmm. You are physically tired most of the time with those four beautiful children the Lord has given you. And we're having you on before Mother's Day? <laughs> How do you do it? Oh, by God's grace. Uh, that's my short answer with three words. If I get more time to explain to people, um, then I talk about the cross. Uh, there is um, a common uh, understanding that grace is a good thing and that we all like it and mm -hmm. we want more of it. There are women that I've spoken to here from all different kinds of religions all over the world, and they say words like, give yourself some grace. Oh, just give yourself some more grace. Oh, I just need grace. But we all have different ideas of what exactly that grace is, where it comes from, and how we respond to it. Um, so if I can talk with people more about the cross and how that is the epitome of the grace of God uh, shown to us, then um, I love to just launch into the gospel with that. If I have time, if someone sees me with all my kids, wow, how are you doing this? <laughs> Uh, then we just we just go straight to the cross and we stay there. Well, well, let me ask you this: It hasn't been easy. It's never easy to no. live the Christian life. In fact, it's probably harder to live the Christian life. But the joys, of course, are so much greater. Think of a low point that you could share with me, where you really needed to get back to the cross. What happened? Oh yeah. Uh, the, when you said that, the first thing that came to mind was um, the first few months that we lived here when we moved to the Middle East. Um, my husband has a nerve disease in his arms. Um, it uh, affects his ulnar nerves, uh, so he's had countless surgeries, procedures, injections, creams, acupuncture, everything. We've tried so many things, and he's still in, in pain. And uh, when we first got here, he had just had... Um, ulnar nerve trans, uh, transpositional surgeries where they move his nerve to the other side of his arm on both arms and things were going just mm. fine. He was recovering and therapy was going fantastic until uh, one night um, uh, we had driven back into town and realized that the refrigerator 
was empty. We didn't have any milk. And so I um, said, hey, if you just pull up here to the grocery store, I'll run in and go grab a milk and run back out. And you could just, you know, drive the car around in the parking lot in circles. And at that time, he was learning how to drive again. And it was it was okay. <laughs> but by the time I got back out, I found where he had parked and he was hunched over the steering wheel, sobbing um, in, in pain. Oh. And the baby was screaming in the right. back seat. And um and I said, what, what happened? What happened? He said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. They don't, they don't work. And so his arms had stopped working. And I remember that week uh, feeling so um, lost, uh, wondering, why God, why now? We just got here. Uh, didn't you send us here? What, did you send us here to die? Yes. And what, what if, what's going, I was pregnant with our second child. So I sat there on the floor in that bedroom looking at my suitcases, wanting to pack them, wanting to get on orbits and just get a ticket. Let's just go. Let's go. It's not worth it. This is not worth it. And just cried out to the Lord, Lord, why? Help. Um, at that time, um, we were just digging into this little book. Such a blessing. I cannot describe to you what a blessing this book was to us. Uh, Milton Vincent's Gospel Primer for Christians. <laughs> and it was... We have so much in common. We, we just <laughs> had Milton back on with us a few weeks ago. Mm. He's a friend of mine. He lives a few miles away from our office, his church is. And talk about a book that mm. has just ministered to so many people. Mm -hmm. So go on. Tell oh, us. Yeah, you found yeah. his book, A Gospel we Primer. Had, yes, we had taken his book with us, and I, I can see it. It's on page 31. There's a paragraph. It says, <laughs> I have this cold. I have this cold. The gospel is the one great permanent circumstance in which I live and move every hardship in my life is allowed by God only because it serves his gospel purposes in me. And when I view my circumstances in this light, I, I know that the gospel isn't just one piece of good news that fits in somewhere among all the bad, but it's uh, it makes genuinely good news out of everything, including your severest trials. Mm. And, and the idea mm. that I was in Christ sitting in a bedroom sobbing in the middle of the desert in a culture I didn't understand, with a language I didn't know, with a task ahead of us that we couldn't do, to know that being in Christ was the greatest thing. That just brought us mm. all the hope we needed. Um, and of course, the Lord brought wow. along people um, to support that yes. and to remind us of that yes. all the time. Um, I've got several friends and their faces are flashing in my mind right now who would confirm that over and over again. And um, that was a that, that night came to mind when you asked that question about a low moment. <laughs> mm. Isn't that amazing? I think any of us in a foreign environment, doesn't even have to be uh, in another country, in another culture like you are, but something really big hits us when mm -hmm. we're there. It's kind of like getting sick and you're not home and mm -hmm. you're in a hotel room, you know, and mm -hmm. nobody to take care of you. The first thing you want to do is you want to get home. Mm-hmm. You want to get to back to those you know, those you love. You want to be in your own bed. And yet God had called you to Dubai. And even to have gone home in those circumstances would have been very difficult. What else were you thinking, you know, this, this idea of home and, and where is our home? <laughs> right. Uh, it was, it was um, our, our stuff was packed up at the moment in boxes on a ship somewhere. Um, so mm. the only things that we brought over with us were all of our books, which took up most of our shipment, mm -hmm. and then four Tupperware tubs full of baby clothes that I um, wanted to, <laughs> to keep. And, um, and our sure. clothes fit in some suitcases, so we didn't have any property okay. or furniture. We sold our car when we left. We didn't have a house. 
yeah, home was exactly where our passports were, I guess, in our pockets and <laughs> with each other. So, um, Dubai is home now. Um, it really does feel like home. This is the only home that um, our children really understand or know. Three of them were born here. Um, they feel yes. odd, culture shock when they go to the United States. They don't understand things that, that are going on. So they've got a lot of education to do before their college. So, <laughs> but this place is home. Mm, well, well, let's talk about this. Um, Treasuring Christ, When Your Hands Are Full, that's the name of the book you've written. Here we are, as I've said more than once, it's Mother's Day coming up in a few days. You're a mom with four beautiful children and a husband who loves you and you love him and the Lord's letting you guys plant a church. But there's a number of people that are listening right now to you and they understand you're just getting down and just sobbing, mm-hmm. not knowing where to go next. What would you say to that person or to those persons mm-hmm. that are saying, I'm right there with you, and they can't get up? Yeah. And there was a point in time when you couldn't get up to either. Yeah. What, 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 what do you want to say to them? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say Jesus knows. He knows. Um, he, mm. he is not, he's not distant from you, dear child. He, he, he knows exactly where you are. If he's numbered all the hairs on your head, then he knows all the anxieties in your heart. He's given you his word to comfort you. He's got his spirit indwelling you to guide you into all truth. I would reassure that mom that, um, she's not alone because Christ is with her and, uh, all those other circumstances, the, the loneliness, the frustration, the fatigue, the the trials that are that beset you from all the things that you think are too tiny to pray about uh, to the things mm-hmm. that just absolutely threaten to overwhelm you uh, the Lord knows about all those things and He cares for you in that and I, I would I would wow. also look he to does. He He sure does and um, it, it it sounds uh, it sounds dramatic melodramatic even to say you know think of Job um, but then oh I couldn't compare myself to Job but but he had a crisis, the same, the same one that you face is, is the Lord for me? Uh, does, does he love me? Yes, What's going yes. on? And then in, in Job's great declaration of faith, I think chapter 13, he says, though he slay me, I will hope in him. And even in the face of his wife, who had just said a few chapters earlier, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God, die. Um, but he, mm, he mm. held on to hope in God. And that is the only hope we have. Mm. I so appreciate your book that you've written, and the subtitle is When Your Hands Are Full. I so appreciate that you've gone back and you've read uh, the works of Christians in the past, and um, I really enjoyed your including that Jonathan Edwards quote, where he used to pray and he mm-hmm. asked that God would stamp eternity on my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you say, this prayer has become my own heart's request, too. Yeah. And this idea of Jonathan Edwards stamping eternity, please do it, Lord, on my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Why does that quote have special meaning to you, and I assume your husband, too? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it sure does. Um, the The idea of stamping eternity on your eyeballs uh, comes from that prayer of his, um, which is something that I need to remind myself of all the time uh, because, uh, frankly speaking, as a mother, a lot of times life seems pretty boring. Um, 
Uh, mm. Sure, it's very busy and tiring and um, uh, exhausting, but the, the boredom can come in when you feel as though I just made that bed. I just washed that dish. I just wiped that nose. I just disciplined that child. I just checked that homework. We just did this again, and we're doing this again and again and again. Uh, when it just seems like, is there a point to all these things? And then we, we hear Paul's instruction uh, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, where it says, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And you're like, how? how? <laughs> what does that mean? I have to take out the trash again. I have to go to work. I have to pay the bills. Uh, I think God's grace in a perspective, an eternal perspective turns all of those have-tos into get-tos. Uh, as we live for God's glory. Mm. So I get to nurture these children um, and die to myself every day. I get to care for them in ways that, that nobody else can right now. I get to serve my husband as he serves this church. And so I have a ministry to this church because it's ours. Hey, yeah, that's right. And and you've had to roll your sleeves up as well as a pastor's wife and being active and, and doing things in the church too. Uh, you have a seminary degree yourself along with your husband, and, and, and so you've got many gifts that you're trying to use, and the Lord's asking you to give. How do you get it all done? By God's grace, um, I, I get done what it is that needs to be done that day. And um, if it doesn't need to be done, then by God's grace, I ask him, just tell me what I don't need to do. <laughs> There's a lot of things mm. uh, moms want to do. I have so many good intentions, Charles. I have um, yeah. so yeah. many ideas. Um, I have lists in my mind of things that I want to do, books I want to read to them, things I want to teach them, stuff I want to memorize with them, all these things I want to do. And it is, um, it's the eternal perspective that I need to be reminded of, Lord, what do I need to do today? Um, otherwise I'll get distracted and beat down with the things that I feel like are a good idea, but really aren't necessary. Um, and so hmm. it's, it's when the things that aren't necessary get, get frustrated. That's when I get mad. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a closed country. It's an oil rich country. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from around the world living in Dubai. Um, so there are things I can't ask you about, but the one thing that I know is in your life is that you're very busy. And in this book that I've read by you, uh, there's a little line on the cover too. It's not the title of the book, Treasuring Christ When Your Hands Are Full, but it's another line that's there on the cover, Gospel Meditations for Busy Moms. Now, uh, Gloria, my wife and I, our kids are grown out of the house, uh, so we love to be around people like you because we get to be around young kids and I get to smooch on babies. But, but, uh, we, we, we were in the home of a pastor and his wife uh, in Vancouver, young, you know, they're, maybe they're 30 now, and two little kids last year. And they were just both crying out for help as we prayed together. And we had no easy answers. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to have time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, the busyness of church life and, 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 and yet they were struggling with how do I find that time to be with Jesus? Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you, maybe you've got the perfect answer for this. How do you find time when your hands are full and they're full all the time with four little kids? How do you find time for Jesus? Yeah. Um, 
When I had our first child and I found that my hands were really full uh, with taking care of my baby, uh, becoming a new mom for the first time, and finishing our seminary degree, and helping care for my husband who was starting to really struggle with the nerve disease in his arms and couldn't do much physically, so I had all the baby care and then plus caring for him and then trying to graduate. Um, I, I had this idea that my time with Jesus was relegated to one chair in my living room uh, from mm. a certain time of day in a certain setting, uh, preferably with a nice hot cup of coffee. <laughs> Um, and so when I'm, if I missed that quote appointment, I thought it was a wash. Oh gosh, this day is a wash. Lord, I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe. Mm. Um, I'm so sorry. Mm. I missed our appointment because the baby's crying or Dave needs help with something or, um, the dishwasher is flooding and uh, I have this paper due. I just, I just don't know what to do right now. I'm so frustrated, terribly frustrated that I don't have time with the Lord. And, um, I realized, uh, at some point that, if I am in Christ and Christ is in me, then he's never left. Um, I don't have to go find him. Um, and I have his word and the spirit writes his word on my heart. And so I made um, a dedicated effort to putting God's word in my heart and then carrying it about with me instead of um, thinking that it can only happen at a certain time of day. And so I began to incorporate mm. um prayer and scripture meditation into everything um, as I went about everything. Yes. So talking about it, even though my baby could not understand what I was saying, I would pretend <laughs> as though she was interacting with me like, what do you think he means in Ephesians 1.10? What do you think he means? And th th this was back when you were living in North Texas and you, right. were, you and your husband were uh, going to seminary in Dallas and, mm -hmm. and uh, you were living in Denton. So you had a long commute. And, uh -huh. Yesterday, when we had you on, I asked you to pray at the end of the program, and you prayed a scripture passage that I actually had your book open to at that very moment, hmm. that Lamentations. Uh, talk to me. Talk to all of us a little bit as a mom, a very busy mom with, with hands that are full. Uh, talk to me about this this new every morning business mm -hmm. uh, that the prophet uh, writes about in, in what is a prayer in Lamentations, too, that Jeremiah prayed. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny uh, being here because when we wake up, um, the United States is going to sleep. And uh, mm -hmm. often I'll see on Twitter or on Facebook, someone will say, oh, God's mercies are new every morning. Good morning, everyone. And I'll think it's nighttime here. And then, uh, <laughs> but it is, it is, his mercy is new every morning. And um, the Lord created the globe, our globe, which is constantly uh, revolving and rotating. And um, it's always morning somewhere. <laughs> like it's always five o'clock somewhere, but it is always morning somewhere. So therefore, God's mercies are enduring all the time. Um, his children are all over the world, and His grace and light and peace and hope shining on all of them, all the time. Um, so uh, that idea that I don't have to wait until tomorrow to hit the reset button, I can repent uh -huh. of my sin, I can trust the Lord right now, I can ask Him for the grace to pursue uh, my children, to um, to reach out to my neighbors, to 
break the awkward silence between me and my husband during an argument. I can, I can do all those things through Christ who strengthens me because he is not relegated to an hour in the living room on a certain chair at a certain time of day. So mm. um, the God's mercy new every morning uh, means a whole lot to me because um, considering the, the global aspect of God's work in the world, uh, not just relegated to my little living room, um, but that he is uh, bring Jesus is bringing the cosmos back into order under his feet at this very moment um, mm. is uh, a tremendously encouraging thought to me. Mm. Gloria, you're away from home. Mm-hmm. You're away from your sending church, if I could describe it that way. You're planting a church. You're you're in a a strange land where a lot of other people who are coming to your church from the outside feel very alone. Others are coming. You just want to know more about Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, think of an instance, an example you could share with me about, about your feeling this aloneness, but then how Jesus showed up for mm-hmm. you. Oh, that, um, I have a very vivid memory <laughs> in my mind. Um, quite recently, mm-hmm. my son is nine months old right now. Um, but, uh, when he was born, um, it was a surprise early delivery. I had had some pain. Uh, we were here at home at the apartment. I called my doctor. Hey, uh, can I take over the counter for this? Oh no, no, no. Maybe you should come in tomorrow morning. And, um, said, I'm really not feeling very good right now. Okay. Why don't you come meet me? And, um, I hung up the phone and then two minutes later, my son was born, um, in, uh, my husband caught him, mm. and uh, if you know that my husband can't, <laughs> he can't catch things. My husband struggles to button his shirt, so the fact that he was able to catch a slippery um, six and a half, uh, seven pound baby um, is remarkable. Um, it's uh, now you know there are a lot of moms out there that are saying, <laughs> "Why couldn't that have happened to me?" Right. After they went through, uh, yeah, yeah, too many hours, they think yeah. of uh, contractions right. uh, before they delivered. Yeah, I, I I ask myself that question sometimes. I think, wow, would it have been better for it to be longer, or would it have been to be shorter? But I think this is my perspective anyway. I think uh-huh. all of that agony was compressed into three minutes or four minutes. And I thought that I might have been losing my mind um, because it was uh, so agonizing and so alarming Mm. and so fearful. Um, I thought for sure either me or my baby or both of us are about to die. Uh Um, And uh, I couldn't speak. I wasn't able to talk. All I could say was just pray. And my husband was, of course, freaking out. (laughs) And he, what do I do? What do I do? He's running around trying to figure out what to do. And all I could squeak out was just pray. And um, at that, in the, in those, (laughs) in the, in moms who have, um, uh, who can relate to this will know that somewhere in there you are, you feel so terribly alone, but breaking into Mm -hmm. the, the Mm -hmm. loneliness and the agony Mm -hmm. and the fear of death, uh, the dark, dark fear of death um, was God's word. I was so startled, (laughs) pleasantly startled, to have this very tiny phrase from Romans chapter 8 pop into my mind, neither death nor life. Uh, And that in the the context of that Mm. verse, it says um, that 
uh, I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor nor things present, nor things to come, or powers, or height, or depth, or anything else in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ. Um, And so if death right now, if I die right now, um, I'm not separated from Christ. And if I live, if I live, <laughs> live another day, I'm not separated from Christ. I am with him. He is with me. That is the one great permanent circumstance in which I live and move and breathe and have my being is that of being in Christ forever. And that, mm. um, that calmed uh, my, my tremendous fear of death in that moment. I think I believe it gave me the peace of mind in order to do what I needed to do to actually... Uh, birth that baby by myself, um, and to find out what to do later. Okay, now uh, call a doctor. All right, let's call an ambulance. Uh, we need a babysitter, by the way. <laughs> um, and in order to, yes. to do things right after that, um, in order to do those things, it, it could have been far uh, more traumatizing and terrible than what it was, but I think, but for the grace of God and the peace that he gave us by his grace, um, uh, we were sustained. Mm. Gloria Furman. I think what we better do right now is pray. And I want to ask you, if you don't mind, would would you pray for people listening to our conversation right now? Uh, And and they're not just in North America. We've got listeners in your neck of the woods that listen on the Internet Mm -hmm. and uh, also in Asia and Africa. Would you pray for all of us to be able to treasure Christ, but especially the moms like you? Yeah, Father, thank you so much for this day. God, your mercies are new every morning, and somewhere around the world right now, it is morning. So your mercies are always new. And uh, even though right now the the sun is set in our home, I know that uh, your mercies are new right now, even here in the Middle East at night. Uh, God, we we ask that you would just open our eyes uh, to see the glory of your Son. Um, Would you um, write uh, your word in our hearts Would you help us to understand that because of the gospel, the news about what your son has done to save us, that this is our greatest hope. God, would you help us to understand that that mothers who make Christ their treasure can rejoice in you, um, even in the midst of all the things that are going on in their lives right now. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Gloria Furman. It has been such a joy to be with you. I wish I were with you in Dubai, but uh, the Lord has us on opposite ends of the of of His earth, and I just want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. And as the mother of four beautiful kids, and a husband who's a pastor and church planter, and uh, I just want to say thank you for being so vulnerable and willing to share your faith with all of us uh, here in Haven today. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. I also want to thank Gloria Furman for joining me on the program. She and her husband, Dave, are still in Dubai, serving the Lord at the church that they helped plant. And if you want to hear more conversations like this, why don't you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts? And if you enjoyed this episode, well, help us get the word out by leaving a five-star review. You can also go to haventoday.org to sign up for our weekly email and find additional episodes created and posted on the blog. As always, thank you for joining me once again here on Great Stories with Charles Morris.